0: Let's talk about some physical therapy. Some post-traumatic.
1: Some. Shut the fuck up, Nick. <laughs> I do the funny openings. Who the fuck do you think you oh, are? Oh, you think they're funny? <laughs> oh, this asshole. Is that what you call them? Wow. I think they're at least endearing. Josh, scream into them like a little bit closer to your mouth. Please. I think they're at least endearing, if not. Funny. Perhaps. <laughs> oh, I'm like super offended now. What kind of friend are you? I'm just kidding. I bring you into my home. Uh-huh. Constantly I'll,
0: give me heartburn.
1: I look, the heartburns just because I am who I am and it conflicts with who you are as a person. And that is interested in my life. Well, I'm very actively sitting in the passenger seat of my life. So it's some idiot piloting. Yeah. And you're interested in that idiot. You're just a plastic bag floating through the wind. Wanting to start again. Have you seen her YouTube channel? No. Man, she's got she's like live streaming twenty four seven on YouTube right now. Katie Perry. Perry. Doing what? Just living. <laughs> sure. She's a celebrity. We're obviously interested in her life. <clears throat> obviously. By obviously, I mean I don't. Give two shits about her, but I've heard from people who've watched it, she's kind of a dick. I can see that. Like, they, it's one of those things where, like, I, she might be disconnected from, like, what normal people are like a little bit because she's been famous forever. Mm. So she might not understand how to talk to normal people or how to interact with normal people. She shows people her music videos a lot. Because they don't have literal millions of views. Yeah. Be like, Katie, we know you. <laughs> I've seen it. You fucking idiot. Like, it's a it's a deal with YouTube. YouTube's having, like, other YouTubers go on it, too. Like, meet Katy Perry and shit. And they're all like, I don't think you know how this is works. <laughs> like, because they're YouTubers and she's Katy Perry. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Like, it is
1: not a medium that was designed for pop stars. The medium that was designed for shitty bloggers and thousands and thousands of let's play channels. Yeah. Drinking uh lemonade and whiskey. Really. It's pretty great. Pretty hyped. By the way. Yeah, it's not bad. Guess who we are? Who are we? Navy Tails. Where Navy Tails. I'm yeah. I'm Nick. I'm Josh. Wait. I'm we, Josh. I'm Nick. Cool. That's better. Yeah, we fixed it. And uh, yeah, we're Navi Tales. We are a video game lore podcast. Nick, what are we doing for our all Hallows Eve special? We're getting spoopy up in here. Yeah, we're getting scary. We're gonna talk about skeletons and Vampires, and Frankenstein's, and mummies. Josh, none
0: of those are in this game.
1: I know. <laughs> I just really wish we could get a traditional Universal monsters green Frankenstein up in this cunt. It'd be fucking awesome. Just turns the corner and it's like, that's what I want.
0: In in a game, in a movie, in a media, in
1: a... Uh, and fucking anything.
0: All right. So we're not gonna be talking about any of that. But we're gonna be talking about uh, PT or the Silent Hills playable teaser.
1: Yeah, and um, we're gonna refer to it as PT the entire time we talk about it. It's a lot easier that way, considering it was also never actually a, the game it was supposed to be. We oh, yeah. take it as a medium as its own. So I think it's easier and better to the actual game itself to refer to it as pt rather than silent hills playable teaser during silent hills is never gonna happen because konami's fucking shit i don't know we can get triggered about that together later yes but until then we will just be referring to it as pt so if you we're gonna assume you've never played pt nick i know you haven't actually played it have you You've watched people play it. Yes. I've seen it a bunch of times. I've seen somebody on
0: the internet play it. I've seen my friends play it, but I've never actually played it myself. I've played it a billion fucking times. Yeah, I remember. It was just one of those things where you went through a million times trying to find everything.
1: Yeah, it was like I I did the same thing with the Resident Evil 7 demo. Yeah, I remember that it too. came out. I swear to god, that demo, like the demo itself 15 minutes long, my friend Casey and I spent 4 hours trying to find shit in that fucking demo. We spent, like, an afternoon just demoing. Fucking dumb. It was great. I don't regret the time I spent doing that. <laughs>
0: well, that's what's I important. still don't
1: know what the dummy finger does. I don't think anybody does. Uh, it's in the full game. I remember getting it in the full game and losing my shit. Oh. I don't yeah. really remember that in the full game. Yeah, you get, it, like, a weird part. You get it, like, when you're fighting the sun. Whatever. That's a different game. Uh but yeah, I, I played it a whole bunch because it was faster. It's really one of the driving factors behind me getting a PS4. I wanted one then so that I could get PT so that I could actually play it. And then like a couple months after I got it, PT was taken down off the PlayStation marketplace. But I still got it on my console. Yeah. I remember when like that happened and like people were selling their console. They're like we have PT on this console and they were selling it for like
0: ridiculous amounts of money on eBay.
1: Yeah. Someday, I swear to God, someday PT is gonna be like them creepypasta games in real life, where like you get a you get a PlayStation with all this shit on it, and looking through it, and you're just like, "What's PT?" Yeah. No one's gonna fucking know about it. Yeah. It's it's gonna, somewhere in the future, it's gonna be like Pokemon Black. It'll be fucking great. Is it called? It's got a dope one. Yeah, what? dude. It's it's what it's gonna be. It's gonna be a creepypasta game. It's gonna be Sonic.exe. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, yeah. Pokemon Black. Yeah. So it's it's gonna be that shit someday, but in real life, I'm real hyped. Anyway. But We're gonna just assume you don't know shit about the game because it's what we do. We assume you're stupid. No, I'm just That's mean. I'm just kidding. You're not stupid. You're lovely. We're gonna assume you just don't know the medium. So we're gonna talk a little bit about how the game works at first because it's easier to talk about it once you actually have the setting set up. We're gonna set up the setting and set up the very few characters in the game. So uh, the entire game takes place in a hallway. Uh, I forgot I put that. The entire game takes place in a hallway. The end, JK, but really, it's just a continuously looping hallway. Uh, so let's walk through what you see the when you're in there. So first off, the hallway is shaped like an L. You kind of come in at the bottom of the bottom right side of the L, like the very end. Walk forward, and then walk down a longer hallway.
0: You turn right and you walk turn down. right,
1: walk down a longer hallway. So there's four doors in the hallway. There's where you enter and exit the hallway, the looping hallway. Uh, there's the door to the bathroom, and uh, the way outside, or what it looks like the way outside, although that door is unopenable, to the best of my knowledge, no one got it open, it wasn't scripted to be opened, it was none of that shit. Even when it got data-mined, it didn't open. It's One of the things theories I had is that it could open, and you could end the loop, or whatever. Um, the place is an absolute disaster, it looks like a party's been going on, or... No one knows how to clean. Basically, it looked like my apartment in college. It, it really looked like a bunch of drunken 20-something-year-olds had been living there. Um, with, with a lot less uh, bugs. We had an ant problem.
0: This place has a cockroach problem.
1: No, uh, no, But we, we had an ant problem. There was a did lot you, more to that. you have ants? Yeah. I remember dropping out cheese on the floor at one point point, just watching them. Consuming. consume it. I mean, I may have been drinking, but I, I was just watching these ants. They were way more interesting than cops, because I always had cops on that fucking TV in college. It was great. College was fun. Uh, there's a clock when you first walk in on the right that says 2349. 59. 59, which, for those who don't know military time like me, because I don't know military time off the top of my head, uh, even though it's what we use at work, I don't know why we fucking use it at work. It, um... It's uh, 11, a minute to midnight. Yeah, 11.59. Yeah, a minute to midnight. PM. Sorry. So if you go from one end to the other end and walk through the door, it leads you right back to where you started. However, things are always changing in it. Like, there'll be little things, big things, weird things. Like, it's no loop is exactly the same. Yeah. And that's kind of how it works. There's also a radio there. That is super important. Uh, it plays different stuff, weird stuff, cool stuff. Don't look behind you. Yeah. No, seriously.
0: No, I think it tells you to look behind you. It says look behind you.
1: Does it say look behind you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's just turn around. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I got Casey in the room, and Casey is, like, fucking always in my life. It's a fucking accident. Um... <laughs> So, yeah, it's, those are kind of, like, the important key things when you look at the actual game for P.T. itself. That's the where it all takes place. It takes place in this looping hallway. Yes.
0: I saw a thing that was, like, because it loops, and when you get to one door, you loop back to the other door, but that last door, you go downstairs, so it's kind of like you're spiraling down if you connected all the hallways.
1: Oh, it makes sense.
0: Because, like, the first door when you come in is... is like, level with the floor, but yeah. right before you go into the door to restart the loop, you go down, like, a couple steps of stairs, yeah. so it, like, kind of goes down. It's slowly spiraling. Yes, slowly spiraling downward.
1: Into madness. Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much.
0: Um, so, eventually, you'll hear and visibly see banging, um, and also hear crying out of the bathroom door. This, at the very least, is unsettling. But soon after, uh, on one of the loops, the door will be slightly ajar, and the sound of a baby crying is heard. Uh, to, to continue, you have to go to the bath. You have to go into the bathroom. Going into the bathroom causes the door to shut behind you and lock. Uh, this is also where you, at the point of the game where you get the flashlight. And when you look around uh, in the bathroom with the flashlight, you see a fetus in the sink. Uh, the fetus can cry, laugh, and eventually, um, in further loops around um, the hallway, it'll start speaking um, in the voice of a man. Yeah.
1: Like an older man, like it's, not a baby voice uh, at all. It's the fucking coolest. And it's super unsettling, too, because when you look at the baby, it's legitimately a developing fetus. Yeah, like so you like, see the the lungs or the rib Yeah, cage. you can see its heart. Its heart's on the outside of the body still and stuff. Like, you could see it, and it's just a developing fetus. Like, the face isn't fully developed and stuff. It's got that enlarged thing. I know someone looked at it the first time when I was playing with them, and they go, is that a squirrel? Because, like...
0: I think somebody called it, like, a chicken and when I was playing it. Like, it was, like, a chicken... Yeah. Like a, like a, like a full, like, de chicken.
1: Yeah, and, and I know that some people theorize that it had uh, Harlequin Syndrome. I forget the, the actual name for it. Uh, or Harlequin Syndrome is what it is. Which basically... It, it reverses a lot of things in the human body and it makes you look like a clown almost. Pale skin, red face, red lips. But I think it's just the developing fetus and not de- suffering from harlequinism. Um, so yeah. Uh, you also begin in a concrete room uh, before you go into the hallway. Before you start with the loops, you begin in a concrete room. So when you're in that room, there's a a bag. Yes.
0: It's just a brown paper bag. Brown like paper a, bag like with like a
1: lunch bag. A bunch of stain at the bottom. Yeah. Like it like it was stained. And that's all that's in the room. There's you, the door to the hallway, yep. where you can start PT. And in the right corner of this room, uh there's a small table with there's a d- small table with this bag on it. And all on the walls is tally marks. Yeah, there's a bunch of tally marks. Um and this is also where you get set, sent if you get killed, because there are ways you can die in this. So, the bag will talk to you, which is cool. <laughs> yeah. And again, it's got like a, a
0: deep man voice, um, not the same voice as the baby. I think it's slightly different. Yeah, I think I it's correctly. supposed to
1: be. But. So the bag, uh, we'll talk about how it walked and could do nothing but walk until eventually it was walking in front of itself, but it wasn't really them. It then tells the player to watch out and that the gap in the door is a separate reality. Reality. Finally, it states, the only me is me. Are you sure the only you is you? Which, by the way, the best fucking part of this game, in my opinion. That quote stuck with me after that. Like, that's so fucking cool. Yeah. Especially in a game where I think it deals with Yeah. yeah. something later. We'll talk about that when we come to it. But it's fucking cool. It's also noteworthy that the voice of the bag seems to be the same as the voice in the backwards messages, because there are backward messages at points.
0: Yeah, well, it'll aud- audibly backwards. Yeah. And
1: if you reverse it, it, you can hear what it says. This furthers, they might be someone who knows how to leave, but hasn't or can't yet, as the backward messages, along with the hidden messages, are believed to reveal how to escape the final loop. So, yeah, that this bag is just cool. Yeah. It's, there's a lot of weird, there's a lot of really cool, really obscure horror elements in this game, and I really, really like it. Like, things that I didn't expect, design choices I really like, all that kind of stuff. So, the last character, um, that you'll meet
0: is the ghost that seems to be haunting this looping hallway, and her name is Lisa. (laughs) Josh just had a fucking spasm.
1: <laughs> I just twitched a bit. Whiskey does that to me. Whiskey also makes me really warm. I'm really warm right now.
0: Um, so Lisa is seen uh, briefly several several times and is the only thing that can actually kill you in the game. She can be seen viewing the player from the upstairs on certain loops. There's a point where um, like, she throws something, and if you look up the hallway, that hallway right before... Where uh, the the door that doesn't open and right before the door to continue the loop. She throws something at the window you above can look, the door outside. You can look up and there's like a banister uh, area and she's up there at, at
1: one point. Yeah, she throws something and it breaks the window that's supposed to go outside but you can't open. Mm-hmm. And most people don't spot it on the first playthrough. I don't even know about it on my first playthrough, but I make people... When I do playthroughs with people, I tell them... Look at this thing. Like, yeah. do this, do this, do this. You'll get the most out of the experience That's why, well. It's not a spoiler thing. Just look up. They'll look up and they'll just see Lisa staring over the banister at you with her one fucking eye. Yeah. Oh, God, I love her. Um, She can be seen outside of windows and behind
0: you in mirrors. Um, she can also break your neck and cause you to start the loop over. And uh, she can also uh, be seen kind of like it's <clears throat> Inferred that she like possesses you. It's sometimes called possession. I never liked that term for it. Yeah, there'll be times where you will have like a light source behind you, so your shadow will cast onto the wall in front of you, and it will be slightly askew um, and like twitch, like kind of like how she
1: does. Yeah. But it's your own shadow. So yeah, it's... it looks like her shadow mm-hmm. almost. Yeah. But it's called possession. I've never liked that term much because then she turns you around and breaks your neck. So I've always call it following you. Yeah. Because it makes more sense to me that way. No, one. I agree. Because that's what it seems like to me, where she's following you, but it's like one of those horror movie tropes where she's always behind you, no matter how fast around you turn. Yeah, yeah. It's just how it works. She's like latched to your behind. Sexy. <laughs> I like it when women are latched to my behind. Anyway, it releases the shit. She like, have you ever seen the cosplay of her? Someone did a fucking accurate cosplay of her. Did they? I've never seen it. Oh man, I'll have to show you it at some point. But it it is goddamn perfect. She is just an unsettle. Like, a lot of the times they'll have spirits and stuff look a certain way. But like her this is just an unsettling ghost. Oh, it is. Also, it helps that she's always smiling. Yeah. Yeah, like it's Yeah, that's creepy. There's like the smiling, the twitching. She like twitches super hard. Twitches super hard super fast. Oh, yeah. Very fast. Like, and even rapidly. Even like on the last, even when you're dealing with her on kind of the last loop, like if you look at her kind of out of the corner of your eye instead of making direct contact, you can see her moving towards you. And as she moves towards you the entire time, she's twitching like an alky going through with withdrawals. Yeah. Like, it's fucking bad. Yeah. Like, it's real, real bad. And, and I love it. I absolutely adore it. Oh, absolutely. I've always been a huge fan of like unnatural movement in horror. That's why I'm really a big fan. You ever read those uh, Goatman creepypastas? No. Could I have to find one for you in particular? But they move, Goatman supposedly, they move so unnaturally. And that, I think, is the most unsettling thing you can do. Make something move the way it's not supposed to. Yeah, I agree. That's like funny. even Even above sound. Like, seeing a thing and knowing how movement works, because as people, we all know how movement works, and seeing it move in a way that it's not supposed to will just break me. That's, like, what would fucking terrify me. It's like, I'm done. Yeah, so that's why I really, really like Lisa. By the way, can we stop for a moment and say, this is the scariest fucking game I've ever played. And it's like an hour demo. It's like an hour demo. I've played... A billion scary games in my life. I really like horror games. I like horror anything. Because I fucking am hollow on the inside. So I am looking for anything to fill the void. And fear does that usually. But I... This game terrified me. I actually got a story about how it terrified me. But I'll tell you at the end. But this game broke me. On like a level where I was hugging a pillow while playing the game. <laughs> like it was bad. Damn. Yeah, I was pretty spooked. But... uh So... We have the set, and we have our characters. What's the plot? See, that's the weirder part with PT. This is where this episode's going to be a little bit more speculatory. Yes. There's going to be a lot more speculation than we usually do, because A, the game never came out, so we are stuck with just this as source, and B, because Hideo Kojima is one of the creators of this, He's a huge fan of not telling you shit and having you infer it yourself. Welcome to Metal Gear Solid, <laughs> uh, which, by the way, I would love to do on this show, but we would literally spend 10 episodes just doing Metal Gear Solid show. I believe it. Like, it's bad. No, It I is believe a fucking it. convoluted pain in my ass. So and I don't lot... know if we're ever going to tackle Metal Gear, but I would really like to. We, we would have to get deep into that. Yeah. Like... And I'm not sure we could ever get out of it.
0: <laughs> Sorry, we're in a hole. Just like, hell.
1: <laughs> yeah. So Hideo Kojima, the creator of Metal Gear, saw, like, as a franchise, also was the creative director behind this game, along with Del Toro, Galer- Guillermo Del Toro. Yes. Yeah, I can never get that right because I'm real bad at other languages. Giro Del Toro, who did movies such as Pan's Labyrinth, uh, Hellboy, uh, more famously Pacific Rim, but that was less kind of his style, he usually does weird horror. Yeah. Uh, and I forget the guy's name, but the Kore- the art director for the game is a Korean horror artist. He hmm. does, like, Korean manga that is terrifying. It's got, like, weird things. Like, I, I read one of his books that was translated, called The Spirals. Like, you get this illness that makes you spiral. But it's like, you're is spiraling inward and you don't know where it's going it's weird horror what it doesn't make any sense but like it'd be like this one person with instead of an eye they had a spiral but like you could stick your finger in there and it just keep going what the fuck like it it was it's like a portal almost so he was the art director for this game this game i am so disappointed is doesn't exist yeah because with like powerhouses like that behind it And, uh, of course, we can mention Norman Reedus being... Was gonna play the main character. Like, he did all the mocap for it, and he was gonna voice it. So, like, we had such star power behind this game, and Konami fucked it up. Yeah, dude. I'm still triggered by it. But anyway, the game has no real plot. But it, it does have a plot, but it doesn't have a very obvious plot. Yes. So a lot of it is speculation. But we're gonna begin with what we can tell you about the plot. So... It all starts with the radio announcer. Like we said, the, the radio is super important, and there's a, an announcer over the radio who talks a fuckload. And it's great, because the whoever voice acted the radio announcer is amazing. Oh, yeah, I agree. I loved it. Um, during the first loop, the announcer talks about a familicide of a wife and two children by a father. If you can't infer it from the name, familicide is the murdering of a family. Yes. So... Uh, further announcements reveal that the father killed the mother. Then when the 10 year old son came to investigate, he was shot. Oh, he used a gun. He used a shotgun. Uh, the six year old daughter hid in the bathroom, but the father convinced her to come out by telling her it was just a game and then murdered her. The mother, which had been shot in the stomach, was pregnant at the time. Police officers say they found the father in the car, listening to the radio. Neighbors claim that he was chanting numbers in a loud voice for days ahead of time, which the numbers are two zero four eight six three which you will see a fuckload um, throughout the game. Then the announcer goes on to say that several families have had this happen to them in recent months. The link between them being the numbers, the fact that they were chanting numbers. Um, At one point, the radio announcer contradicts himself, though, and says that after killing his family, the father hung himself with a garden hose. But also you can hear someone say umbilical cord instead of garden hose muffled in the background. This could be explained by one thing and that is addressed over and over again, and that is the loops. This is more my speculation. If you want, I can read my speculation and then you read all of yours. Yeah, that's fine. I think it would make the most sense. Yeah. yeah. Before I get into some lore, lore theory I did with capital L's and T's because I, I like to rip off other more famous people than me. Shout out to Matt Pat. <laughs> Um, I want to address the baby in the bathroom, which I'm going to say instead of elephant in the room from now on, the baby is, I think the most important part of this whole narrative that now we're, we're in my speculation. Yeah. Nick has his own, which is also down here and I'm going to let Nick say his, but this is my speculation. I think that the baby is the, the thing that really ties everything together because the baby talks and the things that it says are, I think, revelations, and I think they're very important ones. So the first revelation is that the baby itself might not be the father's. The baby says, you got fired, so you drowned your sorrows and booze. Uh, she had to get a part-time job working as a grocery store cash register. Only reason she could earn a wage at all is the manager liked the way she looked in a skirt. You remember, right? Exactly. Ten months Back. Uh, this shows the baby night might not be his which would ca- cause motivation for the father to murder the family but I don't think that that motivation really matters next the baby says dad was such a drag Every day, he'd eat the same kind of food, dress the same, sit in front of the same kind of game. Yeah, he was just that kind of guy. But then one day, he goes and kills us all. He couldn't even be original about the way he did it. I'm not complaining. I was dying of boredom anyway. But guess what? I will be coming back, and I'll be bringing all my new toys with me. In my opinion, this has to do with the baby and its plan from the beginning. It knew what was going on the entire time, and it's not... Done with whatever it wants to be here for. So I think the baby is not just a fetus. I think it's intelligent. Or at least something intelligent is speaking through it. But I personally believe the baby itself is the intelligent one. So what do you mean by
0: it had to do with everything and its plan from the beginning? Like what was its plan?
1: To, to die. To have the father do it. Okay. I think that it wanted the father to be the one to do it. There has to be a link between all these fathers, chanting all these numbers, and then killing all their families. I think it wanted to release something mm. itself, maybe uh, something that it could be s- speak through it. Some Lovecraftian and shit, maybe. I don't know, but that's just how my mind thinks. And then, fa- and we talked about the bag, which I think that what's in the bag is the same thing as the baby. Mm-hmm. It's if something's speaking through the baby, it's speaking through the bag as well. If not the baby on a different loop, if not something else, I know the voices aren't exactly the same, but they're similar enough for me to be speculatory about it. Now, I think this is the most important part of it. Uh, it's when it says, watch out the gap in the door. It's a separate reality. The only me is me. should The only you is you. I believe that along with several other people that, these are all different realities. Every time you loop through, it's a different reality. It's a parallel reality. It's a changed reality. Things are different, which is why the father, in one reality, was captured by the police sitting in his car, and in another reality, he was hang- he hung himself or hanged himself with a-, a garden hose. I think that all of these are different, and they're all realities where in and the fetus both died. Lisa's an angry spirit enraged by being killed, understandably, but the reason she's in all these realities is because the fetus had to be released to gain power, so these are all realities where the fetus is dead, but not dead because that's where its power lies. That's why we see the dad being both alive and dead, because they're all different. That's why we also see the same hallway every time, and that's why we also why I believe the character we play as is the father, or at least the father in one of the realities. Maybe he didn't choose to kill the baby in that reality and thus broke how these realities are supposed to be done and ended up being able to cross through realities. But I I believe that the baby, something is speaking through the baby. I, I don't think that it's evil, but it could be like Omen style, speaking through the baby, you know what I mean?
0: Mm.
1: Where it, it's you're the father who didn't do what you were supposed to do, thus broke everything. Now you're dealing with everything that's been broken. The baby from several realities, there's something speaking through it that is aware of all these different realities and is speaking to you, saying, you've done this stuff. You have the potential to do this stuff. You just didn't do this stuff, but you did this stuff. That makes any sense. But, yeah, I think that it's all reality-based. Where... You are the one who broke the cycle, and because of that, you've been launched into this purgatory. Uh, that's just my opinion. I I know that Nick actually has a very different opinion. So you think that
0: the because they mentioned three different family murders, you think they're all the same,
1: just different realities? I I think that they're they could be, or they could be other family murders that caused this father to have the idea to do that. Because I'm thinking like Kojima would think, kind of, or I'm trying to think like Kojima would think, put myself in the place of this madman, take out the whole sexist thing that he has going on. He likes naked ladies a lot. I get it, but I don't like how he treats women. Just my choice. Um, But yeah, I I think that it wouldn't be the craziest fucking thing he did if broken realities were something he dealt with. Let's be honest, I'm pretty sure that's what fucking Death Stranding is going to be about. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, I don't disagree with the... You don't disagree, but you have different thoughts on it. With the realities. I don't
0: think that the three family murders were the same one in different realities. I believe that there's three separate murders. Okay. Um, But I think think that the radio plays a way bigger part into this. Okay. Talk to me about it, baby girl. So, uh, there's a... On one of the loops, everything turned, like, it's called, like, the red light loop, where the yeah. whole hallway is in this red light. There's, like, eyeballs.
1: It's where you start to sprint.
0: Yeah, it's where you move stupid fast, and there's, like, eyeballs all over the... Uh, every painting, uh, every picture, framed picture, is just an eyeball. Um, and you can look through a peephole, and you... Into the bathroom, and you hear somebody murdering uh, a female with, like a knife weapon. You hear the murder. Yes. And while the murder's going on, the radio's playing. And uh, the radio says, I've got a message for you all folks down there in Radio Land. Now it's time for action. Our society is rotten to the core. I'm taking to all the fine. Up- upstanding folks got their welfare cut, got their jobs pulled out from under them. Yeah, you, you know what to do. Now it's, now's the time. Do it. And when he says that last part, is when the person starts killing. Yeah. And it's worth noting that the voices that come out of the radio are all different. There's a more generic broadcaster voice, the very first... Kind of like my broadcaster voice. When you go through the first time, and this is the voice that explains the three different uh, familicides. And then this one is more like sarcastic and demonic in in its tone and voice. Um, And then
1: there's, like, a third one that speaks Swedish. Um, Which is fucking cool. (laughs) I remember walking, because that's, like, one of the weird runs, like, loops, where it's all red in that loop, too, but it's not the same thing as this one where you kept going back and forth. There's nothing in that loop other than the fact that the lights are now all red. It's only for that loop until the other loop. And the radio announcer is speaking very fast in Swedish. Yes, and I went, "What?" And then I kept going. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me.
0: Um, so yeah, it, he he speaks in this. The radio voice is speaking in this demonic voice, and he seems to be uh, egging on the whoever's doing the killing. And it's also I thought it was also interesting that he's talking about people losing their jobs when the baby mentions the father losing yeah. their job.
1: And it, and and real quick. I don't think either of us are wrong, by the way, with our theories. I just think that the we're putting different emphasis on radio and baby. Yes, it's the same fucking voice. It probably it, could it's be. all. I think it's all I the same thing. My
0: my thing is that I think because everybody, the police also talk about how like all the fathers have been listening to the radio and they all have been chanting this number, and the radio is what you hear the number from. Right there's even a part. Where, I don't know how to activate it, because I didn't look that
1: far into it, but there's a part where the game glitches. So, that happens a couple times. It changes from playthrough to playthrough. Yeah. But I know what you're talking about. Yeah,
0: there's one where the screen glitches, yeah. and a, like a if you take like a middle bar and slightly askew it to the left, so yeah. the screen looks spliced. And the radio voice will just repeat the number sequence over and over and over and And over. And you'll even
1: get, like, a glitch sometimes where it'll change your entire screen to 204683. Just, like, repeat it over and over and over again as the radio announcer is saying it. Yeah. I've got, like, every fucking possible one you could get because I made sure I did. And, like, the baby starts crying and stuff like that. It's great. It's stressful. Um,
0: So then the first time you hear the numbers um, with the demonic voice again, so the radio will be doing the original broadcast that you heard the first time and then it'll get cut off and this new voice will come and it'll be like, Oh, we ain't done yet. And he'll say, don't trust the tap water. Look behind you.
1: No, seriously, look behind you. And he'll say it's the fucking great. He'll say the
0: numbers and stuff. So I, I think that like, whatever, I feel like ours is kind of connected, but like Josh said, more emphasis on baby versus radio. I feel like whatever is doing this is using the radio to, influence these fathers whether it be different fathers whether it be the same father different realities um to to do the killings
1: yeah i think the voice is the most important part is the um swedish from an hg wells book did Um, you see that
0: in any of your things no the thing uh the somebody translated the entire like epilogue or whatever you want to call the it. The
1: Swedish
0: epilogue. Of whatever the, Sweden, the Swedish uh, voice says. uh Bjork, Bjork. And what I saw a lot is that it seems to reference the radio war, which was when everybody freaked out that they were going to get attacked by aliens. H.G.
1: Wells. Is it H.G. Wells? So that was a reading. That's where the connection is. Yeah. That was a reading of by H.G. Wells of his book or a portion of his book, War of the Worlds. And people listened to it and didn't hear the thing at the be- beginning with H. G. Wells and going. By the way, it's, the book. it's my book. Actually, I don't even know if it was H. G. Wells. He might have been dead at that point, but it was a reading of War of the Worlds by H. G. Wells. I know that. Um, and yeah, he was. People missed that. So when they tuned in and they hear about an alien invasion happening, people believed an <laughs> alien invasion was happening because of how the person reading it read it. Yep. It Sound real. It's- Pretty cool, actually. You can hear recordings of it. Really, really cool. So so it had to do with that? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that was... That it was sounds that. like another one if you read it. Let me... Uh, I'll, I'll read you it. You want to read it? Yeah, yeah I'll read so it. So this is the, the Swedish voice translated. Close your eyes. Let your ears listen to the radio. Do you hear my voice? Can you hear your souls scream? Let us choose my voice that tells the future or your tortured. It's all inaudible at this point. Well, what do you choose? You can choose your life, your future. Wise as you are, you might already have discovered it. Yes, the radio drama from 75 years ago was true. They are here on our earth and they monitor and see all. Don't trust anyone. Don't trust the police. They are already controlled by them. That's the way it's been for 75 years now. Only our best will prevail. You have a right. A right to become one of us. So welcome to our world. Very soon, the gates to a new dimension will open. 204863. 204863. Yeah. So it sounds like alternate dimensions is a thing. Yeah. Like within this.
0: Yeah, I believe in the the alternate dimensions. I just think that the uh, the radio plays a super predominant part in getting out whatever and helping accomplish whatever is behind all of this uh, wants to accomplish.
1: And then the last thing that I think is any importance is what you put here at the end.
0: Yeah, so it goes back to the glitch thing where I was talking about. So when you get the glitch where the radio is saying the number sequence over and over and over again. Um, Eventually, uh, the baby will cry while the number sequence is still being read, and then the screen will go white, and then in a bunch of different languages, uh, this quote will appear. And the quote is, Knowing you, I was sure you'd notice this game and play it. I will never, can never forget that day 20 years ago. I have something to tell you. Contact me, J. Like the letter J.
1: Yeah. Like LL Cool J. Yeah. My coworker and I were listening to old LL Cool J at work yesterday instead of working. It was Mama gonna solid.
0: knock you back. <laughs> it was
1: pretty solid.
0: Um, so yeah, so we don't know who J is. Um, I think the uh, there's a person, and one of the hidden messages is a reference to a person named Jack. Yeah. I think that's the only other J name we get.
1: I think they it might be written reference to the main character or the main character's son. Right. So yeah, that's uh, the best we can get. That's that's us scraping the barrel as to what we think this game could be about. It was all connected to the voice, but the the real conclusion. Fuck Konami for not coming out with this game for literally teasing us with this game. Yes, because this had such potential, and not only did it have such potential, it inspired so many other games. Oh, yeah. Like, there. I have played so many games since P.T. came out that were obviously inspired by P.T., and I'm not complaining, because P.T. took horror to a whole new level. I read an article around when P.T. came out, because I was really obviously obsessed with it, and the article stated one of the reasons as to why P.T. is so scary is in the final puzzle for the game. So the puzzles are very indirect in P.T., but the final one is the most indirect including using the microphone yeah like
0: is it you're talking about the one to get the baby to cry three yeah. times yeah you have to get
1: the baby to cry three times and to do that you have to like use the microphone and stuff do like certain step things and all that it's really obscure and like fourth wall breaking and the reason part of the to, as a gamer the reason this is so terrifying is because it is so unlike any other puzzle we've had. Every other puzzle in every other game we've had, you go, there is a way to solve this. It's very obvious. I don't know how to do it yet, but I can see the pieces. PT didn't give you the pieces. They said solve the puzzle without them. We, as a community, as people interested in this game, had to figure out what those were.
0: And there still isn't even a... Definitive way to get the second cry. Yeah, people don't know, how to know how to get the first one, and people don't know how to get the third one. Oh, but Jay also get...
1: could be Jared. By the
0: way, I saw that too, but there was a lot of like w- hand wavy. Hey,
1: we got to this name, Jared. Or, uh... or, or, or I saw Jareth too. So the reason we say that is because one of the theories behind how to make the second cry happen is to put on your headset, plug it into your controller, and say either Jareth or Jared. I think it, when they data mined it, it was Jared. Mm-hmm. But because of how it works, it might not always pick up Jared, but it picked up Jared. I mean, lot. they're pretty close, so that's probably they why. They are pretty close, which is why. But, yeah, so uh, Jared could always be a choice for J2. Uh, the theory is that is the name of the unborn child. So, yeah, the... We had to solve a puzzle with no pieces, which is, as people who play video games, is not something we have often. Usually, you can follow a linear line of thought. But who the fuck thought to plug in their mic and figure that out? Yeah, That's not within our linear line of thought. Right. That is our reality interacting with that reality, which is, I think, part of the point. But it's not easy or traditional or anything we've ever expected. And I think that that's one of the reasons PT is so fucking terrifying. No, I agree. So I had a story to tell about how the PT scared the shit out of me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had seen a playthrough of PT before it was released or right after it was released. And it ended before the last puzzle. So it looked like that was the end of the game because of how it ends. It ends with all the glitches and stuff, and then it's done. Yeah. Uh, it, so I thought that was the end of the game. So I was like talking to some friends and I was like, you guys got to play this fucking game. It's fucking terrifying. I'd love to see you guys play because you both like horror. they were like, yeah, 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 let's do it. So we booted up and we're in the concrete room. And I was like, why do we have the flashlight still? And then we walk into the next area and it's the final puzzle, which in case you didn't know the final puzzle, all the lights are out. You need to get the baby to cry three times and the entire time you're being fucking hunted. By Lisa. Yes. Like, you need to know how to combat her. Like, you know what you're doing to fucking do this. And I had no idea this was left in the game. So this was some straight-up pasta shit to me where I thought I'd completed the game and there was this one more step that was more terrifying than anything we've had so far in the game. And I saw that. I remember sitting here booting up, getting ready for them to play it. I'm like, why the fuck do I sell the flashlight? Like, I thought, oh, I'm going to have to reset all this data. And I go into the next thing and all the lights are off. I'm like, Oh my god! I didn't fucking beat it last time. I thought I beat it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I thought I was done, but like there's one more step. I was like, oh my fucking god, this fucking game! I was terrified. So I like I reset everything, and when we got to that point, point, they were like, you could fucking do it. We're already spooked. I was like, all right, but like it was, that was some shit. Yeah, that's that's some spooky shit. Yeah, but that like I think that's part of like what they wanted from this game. Right, it's like. Me to think that I'd beaten the game already. And then have that one more spooky step. So yeah, it's I have a lot of love for this game. I have a lot of disappointment that it will never be a real thing. The closest I think we'll ever get to a PT game is Kojima. Kojima left Konami soon after. That got canceled. His last game officially was Metal Gear Solid V. Because Konami decided they wanted to make Plinko machines. Or fucking slot machines or some shit. Yeah, There's more money on a mobile market. So, Hideo Kojima left that and created Kojima Productions. Uh, The first game coming out of Kojima Productions is a game called Death Stranding, starring Norman Reedus and Guillermo del Toro. Both of them are actually going to be doing motion capture for the game, if you watch any of the trailers. Oh, and uh, what's his name? That weird German dude. Oh,
0: um... Who was uh, like a
1: Bond villain. Miles something? No, it wasn't Miles.
0: Um, something... Fuck. I know the name on the...
1: Mad's Milkinson or whatever. Mad Mad
0: fuck. I know the name. Shit. But uh yeah. Hold up.
1: Mad's Mickelson. Mickelson. Okay. I was close. Yeah, yeah. But um yeah, they uh they are they all did motion capture for the game you want, check out the trailers. There are, He's got two trailers up. It's literally all the fucking information we have about this game. Yeah. Hey, those two trailers. I don't know what the fuck the game is going to be about yet. Nope. But it looks like about the closest we'll get to P.T. as an actual game. Yeah, probably. Definitely going to have some horror elements to it. I think it's going to have more sci-fi elements to it because Hideo Kojima's always been obsessed with sci-fi. And with P.T. being a Silent Hill game, he was definitely put in a box a little bit. A big box that he was allowed to play in. But a box nonetheless. So, um, yeah, I think that uh, that'll probably be the best we get. There are some other games out there that are super inspired by it. They had like this 10 Rosemary Lane or something like that that was kickstarted or a kickstarter that didn't pass but looked really cool and it didn't pass. And they're like, oh, we're not going to fucking make it then. <laughs> then they announced they are going to make it. I don't know. I, <laughs> Who knows? Video games. That's why you can't have nice things. But yeah, the. It's interesting these these house games with no guns and stuff even the most recent Resident Evil is just like was inspired by it at least in a testament
0: to like doing a lot with nothing you're literally in the same hall same small ass hallway the entire time just looping through it and, then my and it's opinion- like one of the most talked about horror games and it's an hour long demo it's an hour
1: long demo it's one setting over and over again that they made work because you had geniuses making this game. In yeah. my humble opinion. No, I agree. It's... I think that Hideo Kojima, Yamo Del Toro, all of them were incredibly smart when it came to dealing with horror and visuals. I think that they knew what they were doing. And, and I think that very few people do in a setting like that. Like, even Resident Evil 7 had to branch out of the guest house. Yeah. And that, I'd say, is a good horror game. No, Resident Evil 7 was pretty good. Too many guns, in my opinion. A good horror game doesn't need guns, but it's a Resident Evil 7 game. Those have always had guns. Yeah. But, yeah, so that's, uh, that's about all we got for PT. Now, Nick and I were discussing, because we text at least once a day, all day. It's real fucking cute. Yeah. We were discussing what we could do instead of what we've been playing for our... Halloween special. I think Nick hit the nail on the head as to what we need to do. So, Nick, I know I usually intro it. Please intro this for me. So, this
0: episode, we're going to talk about games or things in games that scared us as a kid.
1: So And we have some embarrassing, stupid shit. Yeah, I came up with a couple. Well, we got a couple. Actually, I have a, a friend who's on our couch usually. This is my friend Casey. Uh, I know I talk about her a lot and I love her dearly. Um, She definitely has some stupid shit she's scared of because she's always been scared of stupid shit. I'm actually going to let her take the floor first uh, just so she can do that. So, yeah. All right. Hi there, friends. This is going to be extremely stupid because let me tell you, this game is shit.
0: That's fine. All of mine are ridiculous.
1: All right. So we're going to the PlayStation 2 here, friends. Silent Hill Shattered Memories. That was booty! <laughs> this game is really bad, but let me tell you, the creepiest thing that scared me in this game was that little shadow kid that would, like, chase after you everywhere you would go before it would turn into a nightmare. You're in an abandoned amusement park, and you're about to go on the Tunnel of Love ride. And all of a sudden you see this little kid run past you out of the corner of your eye. And I just put down the controller and didn't play this game for like two years. <laughs> until I finally went back and finished it. And I was like, wow, I can't believe how stupid that was.
0: Well, I mean, at least yours was in a horror game.
1: <laughs> not a minor in
0: <laughs> not a minor in a horror game. Cause I don't really play. I'm not a huge avid horror person like uh Josh. All right, Josh is back. But uh Nick, tell me
1: son. Tell me what you spooked of. All right, uh, we'll go. We can kind of go back and forth. Uh, I got like four that I could think of. Wow, you have more than me. Keep going. I'm sure I can figure out more shit I'm scared of. Um,
0: so I'm gonna go with uh. Duh, 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 duh. So <laughs> a lot of mine are based off of like games, based off of other media, so like okay. movies, TV show, yeah, and yeah. then I played the ga- a game of them. So <laughs> when like,
1: we were kids, I feel like that was like half the fucking games we played.
0: Right, because this is what your parents would buy you, because they'd be yeah. like,
1: "Oh, you like this? You like
0: that movie?" like the x-men here's an x-men game um but, <laughs> but um so i was uh i was scared of the basilisk from harry potter and the chamber of secrets as a kid um the this it what scared me the most was not the snake itself but when it talks through the walls in that creepy ass voice that scared me as a little kid
1: um that's fucking that that's Scary though. No, like, it, is. it was Harry Potter. I think it that, was
0: it was that, and then the first movie when you see Voldemort in the forest. Dude, that, I think that the, scared the shit out of I me as a kid. I think that shit's
1: actually scary. Like Harry Potter's got some cool horror elements to it. So, so
0: the the snake scared me, and a game I played a lot uh, as a kid was the Game Boy Advance version of that game, which is honestly a great game because it literally plays like a Final Fantasy game, like it's RPG and shit.
1: No shit, that sounds was, fucking awesome.
0: It was super fun, but obviously it goes like, the story of Chamber of Secrets, so there's a part where the snake, uh, you, you'd have to deal with a snake, and, like, it'll show, like, a text box, and it'll be, like, just... It was just glowing eyes, like a shadow and a glowing eyes, and it did, like, the hiss, like, an audible hiss to, like, the game, and it scared me because it scared me in the movie. So it scared me in the game, too, when I was a kid.
1: That's fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that shit's actually scary, dude. I don't blame you for being scared of that. So, unlike mine, which is entirely embarrassing... Especially for me, because, like, I was big into horror movies and stuff, but you need to realize the horror movies I were watching weren't, like, legitimately scary. They were more, like, campy horror movies. They were, like, slasher films and stuff, because that's... I mean, still, it's my favorite kind of horror movies to watch is a good slasher flick. Like, and and I realize how shit they are, but, like, I've said it a billion times to all my friends, but I I watched my first... I watched Halloween, like, the original John Carpenter's Halloween when I was six, because my dad is a dick. (laughs) but paranormal things always got me a little bit more like ghosts and stuff so yeah when the Gamecube came out I picked up Luigi's mansion <laughs> the first room in Lu- Luigi's mansion I remember being fucking terrified of dealing with ghosts for the first time because all the lights are off and stuff I I remember like going to the first room with ghosts and they come out and they like jump scare you but like jump scare you with air quotations and, and make that like goofy noise they make and I was fucking terrified, I didn't want to go any further I was like, I'm not going any further I was like, borderline in tears Like, I, I walked out of that room and I was like I don't, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to ever play this game again I was so scared and then I used the vacuum on the sheet on the mirror when you first walk in and I pulled it off and it made the noise it made, like the popping noise and I laughed my ass off through almost crying and <laughs> it was like but I, I put that game down and I just didn't play it again and like when I got a little bit further in it and got to the portrait ghosts for the first time, I was even more scared because they had faces. Like, they they were... They scared me because ghosts still to this day are fucking creepy to me, dude. Like, the that's why I kind of, like, love them because it's the only time I get the rush of fear anymore. So I, I was, like... Luigi's Mansion was definitely one of those games where as a kid, it scared the shit out of me, but as, like, an adult, I love that game. That game's fucking great, so so that's one of mine. So another one of mine, just continuing. Pretty much
0: all of mine have, like I said, the the property thing, like a like a movie thing. So there's um, I used to play a lot of PC games. Uh, my parents had like an old computer, um, in their in their bedroom, and I played uh, a bunch of PC games. So one that I played a lot was uh, Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius. And it was kind of based off the movie, like you kinda of fought like the alien egg things or whatever. But there was a part, um, so you, you you could use the telephone booth to teleport to different areas in the game. And there's a part where you go to Area fifty one. And Area Fifty One is obviously a big desert, and it's uh there's like a cop car that's patrolling it. And this this wasn't uh, more of like like nightmare scary, more of like anxiety scary. So there's a there's cop cars that patrol the the desert, and if they if you get anywhere close to you, it starts beelining for for you, and like chasing you. And if it touches you, you get teleported back to the phone booth, and you just hear the voice like "Time to go home, son." And it scared the shit out of me as a kid. <laughs> That, this, right, that one you don't got an excuse for. That it, But it was just like anxiety. Like every yeah. time I saw the cop car, I was like, shit, this thing's going to get me. Like I'm not scared of cop cars as like a kid. But like it was just like super anxiety. Like this car is going to come get me and all you hear is, time to go home, son. <laughs> I
1: was like, That's "Fucking awesome!"
0: scared the shit out of me.
1: Uh, the next one for me, I was actually just like quietly going through my PS2 games because I couldn't remember the fucking name for it. But the name of the game is Champions of Norath. Have you ever heard of this shit? No. Okay, so it's kind of like an EverQuest ripoff, but for the PlayStation 2, it's like a cool-ass RPG, though, with a lot of customization and stuff. All I remember from the first one is I played a Dark Elf, and the first area you are in is a dungeon, and it fucking terrified me. Like, going through this dungeon, I was like a kid trying to play my an RPG for the first time. I basically played, like, Diablo. And I was so scared to, like, go any further because, like, the zombies and stuff would, like, pop out of, like, garbage piles and shit and come at me. And I uh, I don't know why it scared me so much, but it did. I, like, couldn't go any further. I was like, I don't want to play this game anymore. I don't want to play this game anymore. But my dad was making me play this game because my dad made me do everything I didn't want to do in life. So now I'm obsessed with serial killers and horror, and I think it's his fault. Probably. So, yeah, Champions and Nora scared the shit out of me. Although it, it was a good game. Every copy of it was bugged, though. Hmm. So, like it, 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 or was it the second ones? Because I had Champions of North. And I also had Champions of North. Return to Arms. I think Return to Arms was the bugged one, where you couldn't get to World Three. Whatever. <laughs> I played up to World Two a bunch.
0: Uh, so my next one, I so I loved Toy Story as a kid. I feel
1: you. Um, I was a Toy Story. I l- was kid, a, I was a super Buzz we, Lightyear it's be- fan. It's because we're the same age. We are the prime age for Toy Story. Oh, we really were. And I and, was and going through it all like the year before we went to college Toy Story 3 came out. Oh, it was it was per- Toy Story we were, was like We were Andy. perfect.
0: We were Andy. Yeah. So so and I especially loved Buzz. Like, it's because, it, like, I, I wanted to be an astronaut when I was a little kid.
1: That's uh, adorable. So,
0: <laughs> so I loved Buzz, and I loved watching uh, the cartoon he had, Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. Oh,
1: man, like, I remember that. Saturday with that robot mor- and shit.
0: Saturday morning cartoons. Dude, that
1: fucking vampire robot.
0: That's what I was scared I of. you're talk
1: about. I yep. remember that. Dude. That thing so stuck the, with me. So,
0: there was an episode with a vampire robot, and I his name was Nosfer A2. <laughs> Like, that's so cool! <laughs> NOS-4-A2 hyphen the number four hyphen A2.
1: Oh, that's so cool!
0: So, there's <laughs> a game, going back to the PC games, there's a Buzz Lightyear Star Command PC game, and I had it, and there's a level where you have to fight the vampire robot, and before and after every level, they'll play uh, short clips from the TV series. So, obviously, if it scared me in the TV series, it's going to scare me in the video game as a kid. So, yeah, I, was
1: a fr- I got to the vampire level, and I was like, nope! If I remember correctly, now... Yeah, this is going back but it was into my like, memory. He would suck the energy out of other robots. Yeah. that's oh man.
0: And it was like, I think he like turned XR, which was the little robot. Yeah, I think yeah. he'd like hypnotized him and like he he bit Buzz's suit, and Buzz's suit came alive. Oh, if I remember yeah. if I remember correctly. Yeah, I know, it freaked it was like it was not like an actual like biting humans. It would only work on vampire uh, robots, but it still freaked me out. Because he looked like a vampire and he had like spinning his two front. Yeah, teeth, they would spin. Like they would spin. Yeah, they had, they had oh. drills for teeth, and it freaked me out.
1: Nick, you just, like, made my childhood erect. <laughs> oh, man. Now, the last one I'm going to talk about didn't actually scare me because I didn't have the opportunity for it to scare me. We're going to talk about my mother and how she never condoned me loving these things. So when the original PlayStation was around, my dad picked up Resident Evil, the original. And I did end up playing it on the original PlayStation. But I remember the day my dad picked this game up. He was playing it in the living room because that was the only place we had a TV. Uh, He might have had one in his bedroom, but he wanted to play it in the living room because it was the bigger TV, I'm sure. And he was playing it. And I remember I was going to bed and my mom was like, you can't look at the TV right now. Your dad's playing that game. You can't look at the TV. So I literally had to walk past the TV with my hands around my eyes, and I couldn't look. But I kept trying to sneak peeks, because he was playing Resident Evil, and I really wanted to see what Resident Evil looked like. Uh, I did end up playing it, it scared the shit out of me the first time I played it, because I was still way too fucking young to play that game. When the dogs jump through the fucking window, best part. Hey, dude. <laughs> like, that's an iconic part. I don't need to describe that. That, when the zombie turns, yeah. evil within, try to do it, but that game's fucking shit. I, um... Yeah, so I I was actually not allowed to be scared of one of these games because of my mother. She was like, "No, you can't watch this. You <laughs> cannot watch this." But my dad really was the one who got me into all this shit. He's a bad influence.
0: <laughs> yeah, sounds like it.
1: <laughs> um, so
0: the last one I'm gonna do is, um, so I I was super and still am, uh, into Looney Tunes. Um, it was because my parents, my my parents watched Looney Tunes a lot, and then they, they would constantly put on, we had a shit ton of VHS tapes of, uh, of Looney Tunes. So I I watched Looney Tunes
1: constantly. Real quick, I spent 15 hours watching old Betty Boop cartoons this week. How'd that go? I don't know what the fuck's wrong with me. I, it was great. Betty Boop's fucking awesome. But I watched 15 hours of Betty Boop cartoons this week. Um, I have a, a side on that, but, um. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I, I. I guess I can say it now. I feel like if I played Cuphead as a kid, it'd freak me out, because I feel like... 19- that devil is fucking 19th, creepy looking. 1930s animation
1: is fucking creepy, dude. And, like, the devil that they have in Cuphead, because there's, like, a Satan in Cuphead. Right. It's fucking creepy looking, dude. It lo- it's like a furry Satan, because it looks like how Satan's normally portrayed. It looks like a fucking devil went down to Georgia Satan. I like it, but it's... would it scare get the shit out of me.
0: No, yeah. Like, I like... The Like, Cuphead is visually beautiful, but I feel like it's just some characters, like, they're at, like, just the way they move and the way they look would freak me out as, like, a kid. I guarantee it.
1: Cuphead's great, though. Um, I wish I could play it.
0: Same. Um, so, so, yeah, I watched uh, Looney Tunes a lot, and uh, a thing that scared me in Looney Tunes was The Witch. Uh, I forget what the name of The Witch was. Oh, was was. it,
1: like, the, did she look kind of like The Granny? Kind of,
0: but she was, like, green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... So I had a, a Looney Tunes Game Boy game, um, and every level you played as a different character, and you went through it and, and whatever. And then there was a, a, a level where you played as Porky Pig in a plane, and it was kind of like an air level where you shoot, and at the end you fought a witch. And it didn't exactly look the same as the witch from Looney Tunes, but it still freaked me out as a kid, because I, I think I just related the two. Oh, um, yeah, I'm sure. But I remember playing that, like... Like, in the car or somewhere, like, late at night, and I got to, like, The Witch, and I was like,
1: Because eh. it's late at night, and you're yeah. playing by Streetlight already, so... Yeah.
0: Oh, no, I had the, I had the worm Light. Uh, did you have the worm Light? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, those are the, the, the four that I could think of at the I top mean, of my head. That think, they're all ridiculous, and...
1: I think I'm about cooked out. I think... Uh, I, I don't think I have much more. Yeah,
0: anymore. I didn't really... I like I said, I didn't head. really play horror games and like none of those were horror games but
1: they all had something that scared me most of mine were horror games champions of Norath's less of a horror game but i mean you i was in a dungeon with zombies so like yeah it yeah that i I think i just was like more into horror games when i was a kid because i I was more into horror as a genre as a kid than you were i i mean like i said i I loved slasher films like sickeningly loved them and still to this day, like, one of the games I've played the most in the last month is Dead by Daylight, which is slasher film The Game. Yeah, dude. So, <laughs> dude, did you see they, they teased Freddy Krueger? No, I didn't see that. They teased, like, uh, I'll put the trail on. It's like a 20-second teaser. But they teased, like, uh, something about Nightmare, and then it was metal, and it you saw the four claws go down, and then you saw the, the one go across making the Dead by Daylight logo. That's dope. Which is, like, the tally yeah, yeah. marks the one across. Yeah. But, like, the four went down first on, like, old rusted metal, so it looked like the boiler room, kind of. Yeah, yeah. And then one went across, and I was like, oh, dude, if they put Freddy Krueger in this game. Probably. They, I wouldn't doubt it. They already got Michael Myers, Leatherface. I I kind of want another original killer, because I I really like what they do with their original killers. But Freddy Krueger, dude. yeah do you, think kinda, they put,
0: do you think they would put Jason in, or no, because it's no, because game, the other game? No, because I doubt they'd game. license
1: him out. The, the one that I think they want to get, because I keep seeing them tweet about it, is I keep seeing Dead by Daylight, the official Twitter, tweet Pennywise stuff. So I That'd don't know strange. if it's because it's a really popular horror movie, and they're a horror game, mm-hmm. or because they're trying to get Pennywise and I Dead like by Daylight. It, I feel like it's probably a bit of both. I think it's probably a bit of both. I think they're trying to do one of them Ed Boon things. Well, like Ed Boon always tweets like crazy shit that will never happen in his fucking games, but still does it anyway and gets everyone excited. Yeah. Like he was like tweeting Ed Boon. So Ed Boon, by the way, is the creator of Mortal Kombat and the creative director of Injustice. He's like the top one. If you ever have seen the character Noob Cybot in any of the Mortal Kombat games, it's the two creators of Mortal Kombat's names backwards. Noob being Boon. So, he, um, uh, he's in charge of all that. So, I seen him tweeting the other day. He's like, what do you guys think of Dr. Manhattan? I'm like, you're not getting Dr. Manhattan in this fucking game, you asshole. Stop getting everyone excited. Yeah. <laughs> like. Just put Constantine in it. Yeah, right. Put characters, put characters that are in the DC universe in it. This last player pack, we got fucking Black Manta, and then Raiden, and then Hellboy. Which is like don't get me wrong, still real hype for Hellboy. Still waiting every day to see if they come out the Hellboy trailer. They did the Adam first, but <laughs> I'm not mad. Nope, not at all. But anyway. See, yeah, there's some some spooky stuff from our childhood. Yeah, that's some weird like weird spooky stuff from both ours and our friend Casey's childhood. So yeah, with that, let's uh let's plug some shit. Hey dude. Follow us on social media at um the uh at at Navi underscore tales on both Twitter and Instagram again that is Navi underscore tales check us out on that shit. uh we just got a shout out on a podcast not too long ago yeah we got a
0: I listened to a podcast called Sif pop and they uh they talk about they usually do movie reviews but they also talk about like other stuff in pop culture
1: we talk about a lot of media and pop culture
0: um yeah but usually they'll they'll view, they'll view the uh, the latest movies and they did a a contest for the summer where at the beginning of the summer um, they were like send send in your top what you think is going to be the top ten grossing domestic movies so I was like ah oh, this would be fun so I sat down and I did it out and I like sent the list to Josh a couple times and um, I ended up winning surprisingly <laughs> and uh, I want a shout out on their podcast so. Uh, I I plugged a little bit. Yeah, Um, he whored us out. (laughs) Yeah, so... um, Nothing wrong with a little whore in Nick. No, I'll I'll obviously go... If you're into, like, movies uh, and pop culture, go check out them. It's uh, Sif Pop, S-I-F-T-P-O-P. Check them
1: out, and uh, let us know if you came from them. If you heard about us from the Sif Pop podcast, Uh, let us know on Twitter and Instagram. I know we've already had some people reach out to us and let us know, but... Be really cool if other ones wanted to do as well. We definitely yeah. will interact with you because we don't do a whole lot and have no friends outside of us. You're right. So we will definitely talk to you. But again, it's Navi underscore tales. So please check us out. Yeah. So uh until then. See you next time. Yeah. I love you. Bye. Referring toing, rot 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 roll. Turn into Scooby Doo.
0: Rot
1: I'm gonna be referring.